Park. I'm in for Joe Walsh all week, if you can believe it. Tune in when Freedom Fights Fabian Socialism at 5 p.m. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Coming to you live from Joe Cotton Ford and Carol Stream as we're kicking off ticket sales for Freedom Summit 2018. Yes. Uh, this uh, this uh, bombshell over the weekend from uh, uh, former Nuncio Vigano of the Catholic Church. Uh, he writes in 11 pages of testimony indicting the hierarchy of the church all the way up to Pope Francis. I had always believed and hoped that the hierarchy of the church could find within itself the spiritual resources and strength to tell the whole truth, to amend and to renew itself. That's why, even though I had repeatedly been asked to do so, I always avoided making statements to the media, even when it would have been my right to do so, in order to defend myself against the calumnies published about me, even by high-ranking prelates of the Roman Curia. He goes on to talk specifically about uh, those in the church's hierarchy who covered for Cardinal McCarrick, the former Archbishop of D.C., uh, who he alleges orchestrated the appointment of uh, now Cardinal Supich to be the Archbishop of the Chicago Archdiocese, that Supich wasn't supposed to get that appointment, but that McCarrick, who served as an advisor to uh, Pope Francis, even after he had been disciplined by Pope Benedict, his predecessor, uh, was responsible for that. McCarrick, who uh, has been found at least civilly liable, in a sense, settlements paid out for sexually assaulting uh, or harass and or harassing seminarians. Uh, a lot of gruesome stories about Cardinal McCarrick and uh, um, Vagano in this statement, if true, is devastating both to uh, Cardinal Supich, who gave an award to McCarrick just two years ago. Oh, my gosh. Uh, after decades-long allegations of sexual wrongdoing by McCarrick, and uh, Pope Francis, who essentially resuscitated McCarrick's presence in the hierarchy of the church. For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by Mary Fiorito, who is an attorney, former top aide to Cardinal Francis George uh, in Chicago and visiting fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center. Mary, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Dan and Amy. So uh, Professor Robbie George over at Princeton, who's uh, one of the most uh, respected uh, conservative Catholic intellects in the world, said basically he doesn't know if these allegations by Vagano are true, of course, but that uh, Pope Francis's response that he will not talk about it, that it's up for the press to interpret Vagano's statement as they see fit, is not sufficient, that he needs to address the allegations straight away and substantively. Uh, and I would suggest that if he doesn't do that, this is me talking, not Robbie George, if he doesn't do that, then he should resign as Pope. Yeah, this was, oh my goodness, this is sort of like a DEFCON 1 for the church, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I could not in a million years imagine such a scenario ever taking place. And um, and it seems like on the hour we're getting new details that are, you know, equally shocking and horrifying at the same time. Um, either last night or early this morning, um, Monsignor Renthum, who was the uh, basically the first assistant to Archbishop Vigano when he was the nuncio here in the United States. He had the position called the Charge d'Affaires, which would be 
sort of the second command at the United States, one teacher, uh, released a statement saying what Archbishop Vigano claimed is true. And I have firsthand knowledge to back up everything he asserts in, in that memo. So um, for someone um, who would have had the direct knowledge that Archbishop Vigano would have had, um, and it, it's kind of important to keep in mind his reputation and his stature, um, he's widely regarded as being a man of of absolutely impeccable integrity, um, a very smart man, and was all, also known prior to coming to the United States when he was working at the Vatican for trying to combat directly, um, you know, in, internal division and, but also, you know, some things that were going on with the uh, financial dealings of the Holy See Bank. Uh, he was directly involved in straightening a lot of that out, um, which some speculate wound up in his being sent to the United States in the first place. But it's, it was an incredible moment over the weekend. Um, I, I, I agree with Professor George that the Holy Father needs to be more direct in addressing this because if he knew, uh, and, and Archbishop Vigano claims directly that he did, if he knew about Archbishop McCarrick and continued to let him function in a public way and to have influence over appointments of bishops here in the United States, those are very, very grave allegations. Um, I cannot imagine knowing Vigano as I as I have um, that he would make them <laughs> he would make them lightly. And I, you know, was speaking to my husband over the weekend, and I just, you know, for me, I keep going back to what must have happened um, that prompted Archbishop Vigano to do this. I know he's getting on in years. You know, he's 75 now. And, you know, um, you know, you're Catholic. We have kind of a phrase in the Catholic Church. It's important to discharge your conscience when you have something on your conscience that you feel needs to be made public um, for the sake of the Church and others. Um, he, something must have prompted him to do this, and it must be something very serious, because, again, this is a very serious man with an impeccable reputation, and oh, I, I know he wouldn't have done this lightly. Pope Francis was in Ireland, and he apologized for the abuses, but what do you think he, he knew, and when do you think he knew it? Well, this is, Amy, what, I, you know, that's the million-dollar question right now, right? I mean, it's, it appears from the Vigano memo that he would have known, you know, at least eight years ago about Archbishop McCarrick, because it appears that Pope Benedict um, put very, very stringent restrictions on him and had essentially... Uh, wanted to isolate him um, to a life of prayer and penance until he died. And it appears that that was reversed. That decision was reversed. And so well, it, it's, it actually, that, it's actually worse than but, that. It's actually worse mm -hmm. than that in uh, Vigano, Vigano's, um, I guess I'm pronouncing his name yeah. right, Vigano's uh, Vigano, statement. Yeah. Um, he uh, recounts just this past June uh, a conversation with Pope Francis where uh, the Pope asked me in a deceitful way, writes Vigano, what is Cardinal mm -hmm. McCarrick like? I answered yeah. him with complete frankness, and if you want, with great naivete, Vigano telling Pope Francis, Holy Father, I don't know if you know Cardinal McCarrick, but if you ask the congregation for bishops, there is a dossier this thick about him. He corrupted yeah. generations of seminarians and priests, and Pope Benedict ordered him to withdraw to a life of prayer and penance. So they'll kind of... Um, playing dumb, if you will, uh, right. is what Pope Francis was doing in the face of uh, this evidence against McCarrick, the settlements that he most assuredly knew about, the information that Vigano had passed on previously, as well as others, I'm sure. So, um, so it seems that at minimum, Pope Francis was willfully blind. And if that's so, why would he be willfully blind against uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the face of a predator like McCarrick?
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and that's, again, another million-dollar question. It's, it's hard to understand why, um, why he wouldn't have moved and moved swiftly. I mean, Pope Benedict, for, you know, the sort of reputation he had as being this, you know, ultra-right-wing conservative with no compassion, and, boy, he had compassion for victims of sex abuse, and he moved against another priest, uh, Father Maciel, um, in addition to, you know, moving on the parish, it appears, at the same time, um, and why the Holy Father would not, would not acknowledge that and would not accept, you know, it's very unusual for a pope not to accept the decisions of his predecessor in that regard. So, so is, there something um, ideal, is there something ideological going on here is really the question. It is possible, or, yeah, or, you know, as some people have pointed out, and I'm not sure, I don't want to offer this as an excuse or for it to appear, but, you know, in, in countries where um, the church was often per- per- uh, persecuted. You saw this in Poland with John Paul. You know, one of the, the tricks of the KGB, uh, one of the things that they would do to Catholic priests, and including one um, whom they murdered and threw in, in the Vistula River, um, they would they would accuse them of being homosexuals and being active homosexuals. So it's said that John Paul would always be very hesitant to believe these kind of rumors because he came out of that sort of mentality where the KGB was always trying to destroy the church from within, with those kind of rumors. Now, I, I don't know in Argentina if they would have been subjected to the same kind of, you know, tactics by the government. But, you know, some of that some of that cultural stuff does come into decisions when they're made. However, in this case, this seems to, I mean, if there's a dossier, you know, 10 inches thick on a person um, with documented evidence, and, you know, even just talking to the priests that I know and the bishops that I know, you know, I've asked, did you did you know about the, the thing with McCarrick? And, you know, a number of them have said, well, certainly I didn't know about anything that involved minors. And I believe that, you know, but the rumors of his homosexual behavior were widely known. Well, of course, um, there was public the settlements that were paid out. I mean, look. Uh, it's just like soft peddling going on inside the church and this sort of like, oh, I don't know what the culture is stuff from leading Catholics has really uh, sort of uh, become tiresome for me as a Catholic. Right. Uh, this is this is Vigano again talking about uh, the appointments of Supich to Chicago and Tobin to Newark orchestrated by McCarrick and others. Unite. This is these are his words united by a wicked pact of abuses by the first uh, meaning McCarrick, uh, and cover-up abuses by the other two involved in orchestrating these appointments. Their names were not among those presented for Chicago and Newark. Regarding Supich, Vagano says, one cannot fail to note his ostentation, ont- ostentatious arrogance and the insolence with which he denies the evidence that is now obvious to all that 80% of the abuses found were committed against young adults by homosexuals who were in a relationship of authority over the victims. Why is it the church can't confront that reality? Well, yeah, I mean, you look just for example now, look at some of the articles that have already come out, you know, last night and this morning by some of the, you know, the left leaning enemies of Archbishop Vigano and of others saying, well, you know, he's literally they're going back to the Kim Davis meeting. Do you remember when Pope Francis visited the United States? And one of the many people that Pope Francis met and thanked for her efforts, you know, to protect religious liberty and freedom was uh, Ken Davis. And do you remember how the left went nuts and tried to blame Bigano and said Bigano uh, blindsided Pope Francis when that meeting happened? They're dragging up this to try to discredit him personally. But, you know, that's going to be very difficult to do because, again, Bigano's reputation internationally is, is simply, again, to, to use the phrase, it's impeccable. And he's a man of tremendous integrity. And um, it's, it's 
I, I, this is a complete mystery, completely baffling. And, you know, the rumors about, you know, um, Cardinal Subic's name not being on the turna, which is the, the name for the list of three names that goes to the Holy Father to, uh, to choose from, I mean, those were circulating right after the appointment was made. Um, and there's a, a Vatican correspondent in Rome, Sandra Magister, who even wrote an entire column on this saying, you know, everyone here is kind of scratching their heads and they think Cardinal Carriage has something to do with this appointment. So um, it, it's a lot being exposed now. And, you know, Dan, I, you know, as a fellow Catholic, I think for the good of the church, it needs to be. We, we, we can't keep our heads in the sand about this stuff any longer. And that there's going to be a, if there's going to be a purging, it has to be done for the sake, you know, for the sake of the church and for the sake of the people it's supposed to be serving. No, no question. And as conservative Catholics, uh, uh, particularly those of prominence like Robbie George, who we mentioned at the outset, uh, boy, it's their time to speak up or see the church gone, frankly. And um, if, if everything Vagano says is true about Francis, I don't see anything short of calling for his uh, to uh, calling for yeah. him to step and down. That, yeah. Appropriate. What, one yeah, one bishop has already called for his resignation. Bishop Strickland in Texas has released a statement to his priests uh, and asked to post it on all their social media pages for their parishes, saying these allegations are incredibly grave and obviously we need to investigate first. However, um, I, they have every appearance of being 100% true and credible, and if that and, is the case, the Holy Father has to resign. And in, yeah, Chicago, so think of, and in Chicago, think about this against the backdrop of the CPS sex abuse scandal. We don't, we, we don't have a cardinal, an archbishop, uh, head of the diocese, that can speak with moral clarity on it because of what uh, we know or certainly yeah. what is alleged well, in the Vagano yeah, testimony. Yeah, it appears his voice might now be compromised, which is incredibly sad because, you know, the, the archbishop here is, because it's not a completely Catholic city, but it's a heavily Catholic city and has always been, you know, a voice of of unity, um, but also of moral persuasion on issues that relate to the common good, including the education of children who attend public schools. And um, it's it's really sad that they are, that influence could be diminished in such a way that, you know, he, he would not be taken seriously. It's a very, very heartbreaking day for the church. She is Mary Fiorito. Uh, she's an attorney, former top advisor to Cardinal George and a visiting fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center. Mary, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Dan and Amy. Have a great day. You too. And she joined us on our turnkey.